We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. We are in the middle of a series called Fear Not at the moment, where we are looking at just how incredible our God is and how awesome we, the privilege that we have that we have a relationship with an awesome God, the one who created us, the one who has a purpose for our life, the one who transforms our lives, the one, as we've just been singing about, the one who takes away our fears, and that's what we're particularly looking at at the moment, that, that, God, that we would be open for him to bring his presence, as we've just been reflecting on his wisdom, his love, his power into our lives. And as God does that, those fears dissipate in our lives. But here's the key key question. Are we willing? Are we willing to open our lives up to prayerfully come before God and say, God, I actually need you to deal with this in my life. I'm, I'm actually struggling with this. And so the, the premise of this series is um, an encouragement to you, for all of us, to take an honest look at how the fears that are common to all of us, that exist in all of our lives, how we can take the opportunity to bring them before God and for God to replace those fears with a confidence in Him, a trust that develops in Him. See, we we accept, as John T. said last week, we accept that we all fear, to some degree or not, we all fear being rejected by others, right? That's a fairly common fear, you know. If, if If you didn't sort of have some sort of sense of fear that, oh, yeah, I might step into this situation and and someone might not like me. Okay, that would be a little bit weird. We, we, we kind of grow up in this social atmosphere where it, it's, it's possible to develop this fear of rejection. It's just how much that influences our lives. And so we're going to look at another couple this week and next week. Uh, next week, we're going to look at the fear of failure. Oh, there's a big one, isn't it? It's like, what if I muck this up? What if I get this wrong? Especially if it's a big thing in our lives, right? But today I want to look at the fear of loss. Like, what if I, what if I lose this thing, this important person or important thing in my life? How will that affect me? Like, what, what will happen then? It's that, it's that big what if question. So, so these three fears, fear of rejection, fear of loss, fear of failure, they're common to all of us. It's just how much we allow those fears to actually dominate our thinking and dominate our lives. And, it, and the premise of the series is that if that's not surrendered to Christ, if we don't consciously take a look at that fear and bring it before God and surrender that fear to Him, the thing is that it grows in our lives. Fear, fear. if you feed fear, it grows, right? Have you, have you noticed that? Actually, in your devotional notes, uh, I wrote a line, which I will use here, because I thought I'll keep it for that, but it, it's quite a good line, I thought, <laughs> of, of this week, is that fear is like snowballs, right? The more you roll it around, the bigger it gets. Do you do that? Sometimes, you know, you, you've got a bit of a fear of something, and, and the more you roll it around, the bigger it gets. 
And that's what fear does. It's got an energy. It's got a, a life of its own if we allow it. But if we surrender it to God, it dissipates from our lives. God overcomes our fears. So do not let fear, that, that, that's the biblical encouragement, is do not let fear dominate your life. Why? Because it will distract you. You'll find that you put a whole lot of energy into um, mitigating against this particular fear, like, oh, now I've got to have the right clothes and I've got to walk into this environment just the right way and say the right thing, because you're fearing rejection. So you're not going in with confidence. Your whole motivation is to go, well, I hope I'm accepted and I hope I'm not rejected in this space. And so it, it churns up just so much energy. If you're working in a job and your whole focus is to not fail, you won't actually do your job that well. You might think, oh, you'll do it better, but not really, because you're so distracted by going, I better not get this wrong. And ultimately, if we allow fears to dominate our lives, it distances us from God. And so we want to help you over these few weeks to draw closer to God. And you draw, we draw closer to God as we allow our trust in him to be bigger than the fears that we are facing. So what does that look like? Where are we kind of going with all of this? Well, we're hoping that even um, as you listened last week and as you're uh, processing this, this, this with God and as we're going on this journey together, that there is more freedom that comes in your life, that there's a greater sense of empowerment, of peace, that you become a more confident person because you're not dominated by these fears. So let's dive in today and look at this thing we're calling the fear of loss. What I mean by that is the fear of losing someone or something in our lives, that's really important to us. Not Now, let me just clarify here. I'm not talking about actually losing something. Like if we actually lose our job or actually lose someone close to us. There is obviously a grieving process that we go through and a big life adjustment that we, that we make. But what I'm talking about here is when your mind goes over and over again, the possibility of that happening. Does that make sense? The, we constantly turn over, oh, but what if this happens? We, we're kind of familiar with this a little bit in Christchurch with earthquakes, right? The, the earthquakes happened, and, and especially our, our children, but some of us, our adults as well, went, oh, but what if there's another big one? What, what will happen? It was a, a constant kind of niggling fear that was in the back of our minds all the time. But you may have that in regard to many different areas in your life. You might have a fear in relation to your finances. You may have enough money, and uh, given that you live in a prosperous country, you probably do have enough money to feed yourself, to clothe yourself. But there might be an underlying fear in your heart, and your mind, that you go, but what if it runs out? Like, what, 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 what if I don't have enough? Like, what, what will happen then? Or you think about the relationships around your life and think, what, what, if, what if someone doesn't want to be my friend anymore? What if, what if I become less connected? I don't want to be alone. So these, these, there's these fears of the possibility of losing things that can dominate our, our thinking. So here's the question. Here's the sort of question to let you dig a little bit deeper into this today. 
What is something or someone in your life that you couldn't bear to lose? Now, this is your big opportunity if you're sitting next to your husband or wife, you know, do this really romantic moment and go, oh, God, I couldn't bear to lose you, honey. You know, you can do that. That's, that's fine. That's, that, that's cool. But, but have a think about that. Like, really, like, when you, when you think about what fears might motivate you to do what you do, what, could, what would be unbearable for you to lose? Now, here's the question that follows up with that question is, why? What would be so bad about losing that thing? Now, I understand the natural answer to that. You go, well, of course, come on, Warren, are you, are you thick? Like, of course, losing my child or my husband or my wife or a close family member or losing my job is a bad thing because it's going to affect my life and all that sort of, you know, all these things. But what the, the deeper question of that is how does it affect you? How does it affect who you are, how you see yourself? Whether you have any confidence left in life after that be, that person, that, that, that thing being taken away from you. See, we, when you process these things, we realize, oh, there's one of two reactions that I can have here. One is that there is, there is a minority of people, and, I, and I've, I've journeyed with many people through some really challenging times in their lives. And, and mostly as Christians, I find that as a whole, they cope with loss in their life much better than, than people that don't know Christ do. And, and so, so, so we should. But sometimes there's this fear of the possibility of things happening that leads people to despair. It's, it's not a huge segment of the population, but you may be here today and you're one of those people that just goes, when I think about all the possible things that could go wrong in this world, it, I, I, just, I just give up. It, it just makes me freeze. I just want to go, I just want to curl up and hide in my room. I, I don't want to engage in the world. You're just completely despairing of life. If that's connecting with you today, come and talk to us. We, we really, really want to help you discover hope again. We, we really want to help you discover what life can be again and allow your heart to be free from that overwhelming despair and anxiety. That's not the most common response to that. though. 80, 90% of us won't respond like that. We will respond to the challenges and anxieties of life, the what-if question, and we'll go, I know the solution to that. I know the solution to not running out of money. I'm going to make sure that I've got enough money in the bank. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that I've got good connections, good relationships around my life. I'm going to make sure that I, can, I stay healthy and well so that I don't get sick. I don't lose my job. Like, so we, what we do, our solution is to go, okay, I'm going to control everything I can possibly control. I'm going to have as much insurance as I possibly can have to cover every possible eventuality. Now, there's, there's some good to that, because you listen to that and go, yeah, what's so bad about that? Well, in itself, there's nothing wrong with that if it's kept in balance. 
But if you are seeking to control everything in your life, every eventuality, where is the trust in God? Are you replacing your trust in God with your ability to do it yourself? Sometimes us controlling all the different things in our lives, our need for control, let's put it that way, is simply covering up a fear of loss. So it's good to manage your life well. Absolutely, we encourage you to do so. I'd encourage you to uh, look after your finances well, look after your relationships well, look after your health well. Why? Because it's a good thing to do. And if that's your motivation, and, and your motivation is, I want to serve God, I want to honor Him, I want to live for Him, and I want to look after myself and that around me as good as I can so that I'm honoring in that, that's all good. But if you're doing it because you're scared that you might lose it all, and you're not trusting in God, that's a different issue, and that's what we're talking about today. Okay. Let's dive into Philippians 4 and see what Paul says about all this. Philippians 4 verse 6, and Eloise referred to this scripture uh, a couple of weeks ago, but let's um, have, a, have a look at it again. It says this, Philippians 4 verse 6, don't worry about anything. That's easier said than done, isn't it? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, when Paul says here, don't worry about anything, you go, well, that's easy for him to say. Like he lived in the ancient world, surely life was a bit simpler back then and it's all so complicated now and there's just so many things that can go wrong and all that sort of thing. Hang on a minute. Paul was speaking about this from his own experience. He's currently writing this letter from prison, okay? So life isn't necessarily going that well for him. But even in the midst of difficult circumstances, he says, no, no, don't worry. Actually, in Philippians 1 verse 18, we read this. Yes, I continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For, for, for me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And you're thinking, whoa. Just listen to those words of Paul. What he's saying there is that he is so confident in the God that he is serving. He is so confident in the mission that God has given him to do that he is going, hey, whether I live or die, that's in God's hands. I'm not fearing what the future will hold. I don't need to fear the future. I don't need to fear what I might lose or what I might gain. It's in the Lord's hands. Do you have that confidence? That's what Paul's saying when he's saying, don't worry. Don't worry. James 4, verse 13 says this, Now listen, you who say, 
Tomorrow, today or tomorrow, we will go to this city or do that, spend a year here, carry on business and make money. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. What James is saying, what Paul is saying, what the biblical narrative is saying to us is this, that our security is in God's love. Our security is in God's purposes and what he has already planned for our lives. And we don't need to fear losing what we have in this life. Because if he chooses to take it away from us, so be it. We are not the ones in control. He is the one in control. So to deal with this fear in our lives, the first thing we need to do to free us from that fear becoming a bigger snowball in our minds and our hearts and it needs to be, take all those anxieties, take all those what-ifs and surrender them to Christ. And say, God, I don't know how much money I'll have in retirement, but I put it in your hands. Now, sure, you know, put as much money in your KiwiSaver or whatever that you can, absolutely do the right thing, but that's not where you're putting your confidence. You're putting your confidence not in KiwiSaver, you're putting your confidence in the laws to provide for you. I, I, I used to think I was... Um, in my younger days, I was pretty sort of uh, not that worried about life. And I, and I think when you're in your sort of early 20s, um, as I look at my children who are now in that sort of age group, I see that there is a sort of carefree nature uh, to, to living life at that point. And I think, hey, make the most of it, you know, enjoy it. That's, it, that's cool. But I tell you what, it changed quite a lot when you have a family, uh, especially when you have kids. Suddenly my whole worldview changed. You know, I, I think even my driving changed. Did your driving change when you had kids? You know? um, yeah, okay. Uh, I, I think I was a little bit more sort of relaxed. And then, and then I had this baby in the car seat in the back, and I was like, hey, hey, what are you doing? Don't pull out. Like, I was freaking out. I was looking at everyone. And then it went up to another level. If I had another child, like their friend in the car with me, I'm going, oh, now I've got this responsibility for another child, and I'm like, oh, what do I do, you know? So, you, you know, these, there's these natural responsibilities of life that, that just seem to generate a bit of a fear of loss in you. And for me, one of the big things for me, and I think this is, maybe, maybe this is a little bit typical for guys, but the two big areas were in provision and protection. Like early on in our uh, married life, Ginny and I, we didn't, when we had young kids, we didn't have a lot of money. We, we, we kind of struggled a bit to get by, and, and I would often worry and go, oh, what if I can't provide for my family? What if I haven't got enough? And, and, and you say, well, that, that's okay, that's a good thing to concern you, to motivate you. But yeah, it's not if you take it too far and it develops into a fear. Now I have uh, children that are going off all around the world to different places, um, as, you, as, you're, as you're well aware. And, and I think for Jenny and I, we're going, yeah, but we can't protect them. You know, like they're just traveling on their own into these places that we don't know. 
there's all these all this stuff that could potentially happen. And again, you've just got to go, God, we trust you. We place them in your hands. I can't fear what I shouldn't fear. I need to put my trust in the Lord. So that's point one, is that we surrender these big things in our lives, these, these responsibilities that we hold. That's fine. Do what you can. But put your trust in God. Let let faith, let faith in God's goodness be an anchor point that sits underneath all of those things. But you'll only do that if you actually surrender that control to him. When you go, God, I'm trying to control something I can't control here. I give it to you. And one of the biggest things that we cannot control is our own death. And I've talked to people through the years they go, oh, I'm so afraid of dying. I go, what's there to be afraid of? If you know Christ, if, if Christ has life and death in his hands, then surely our time is with him. I, don't, I, don't, I truly do not fear death because I know that the one who gave me life, I know the one who will give me life after this life, I know him. And I've put my trust in him. And if you haven't made that step today, I, I would I'd encourage you, this is the, today is the day of surrender where you say, God, I want to put my life in your hands so that I don't fear death, so that I have an assurance that after death that my life is in you, that I go to be with you. And if you want to talk to us about that, we'd love to have that conversation with you after the service. It's a really important, don't leave, don't leave church today until you're sure of your salvation after you die. But coming back to Philippians 4 verse 6, Paul says, don't worry about anything. Surrender everything to God. And the next line he says, tell God what you need. Process in prayer your needs with God. See, where are you? Here's, here's the question. Where are you putting your energy? Are you putting your energy into controlling everything and working everything out and managing your life so carefully that there's as little risk as there possibly can be? Or are you putting your energy into prayer? How much are you really praying things through in your life with God? How much are you processing with Him? How much are you bringing before God and saying, God, I, I, I need to bring this to you. I need to process this with you. I, um, again, going back a few years to the, the earthquake times, I, uh, I appreciate that around that time, and I appreciate some of you are still going through these sort of dramas with EQC and insurance companies and all that sort of thing. And it's so easy to get caught up in all the paperwork of that, all the natural hassles of that. But one of the things that's so important because otherwise, again, you're trying to control everything. You're trying to go, hey, God, I've got this. You know, you leave God out of it and say, God, I've got this. This is, this is just kind of something in the natural. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be interested in that. No, God wants to be involved in your life. That's why Paul says, pray about everything. 
Pray about your family. Pray about your relationships. Pray about your finances. Pray over your work situation. Pray over the things that are going on in your mind. And allow God's Spirit to speak into those things. When was the last time you heard God's voice speak into something in your life? If it's been a while, maybe you need to return to God in prayer again. So the first thing is surrender. Don't worry because you've surrendered everything to God. The second thing, which we see in Paul's life through his, he, he modeled by experience and also he's telling us to do here, is to pray about everything. So when Paul didn't know what to do, he just came to God and said, God, what's my next move here? And even in this situation, he's in prison and he's going, okay, God, what, what do you want? here and he thought that it was to deliver him from that prison as soon as possible but actually he realized the longer that he was there the more he had an opportunity to witness to those that were there and he saw people actually responding to God in faith in the prison he's going okay okay well that's what God has for me in this moment so it was through that surrender it was through that prayer that that Paul saw that in his current circumstances God was at work. Rather than freaking out and trying to control and trying to look to the next thing and fearing about what might or might not happen, looking at all the what-ifs, he simply served God where he was at. And for some of you here, you needed that word right there. And I just want you to ponder on that. I just feel a bit prophetic in that moment that there's some of you you actually need to look at the situation you're in, not just be looking ahead and going, God, why have you got me here right now? And it might be in a work situation, it might be in a uh, relationship, I don't know what, but, um, but God's saying to you, you need to see my plans and purposes for where you are right now. Pray it through. Here, listen to me. I have... I have insights that I want to give you. I have a work that I want to do through you in this place. So don't give up. So if that's for you this morning, take that on board. Pray, pray that through with God. So the first thing we see, uh, one of the things that Paul, we see in Paul's life, but also in his teaching, is that we surrender, that we, that we don't worry. We, we let it go. The second thing we see is that he prays things through. The third thing that we see, to maintain that perspective of not fearing what might happen, not fearing the what if, but putting his trust in God, is gratitude. Let's take some time every day to say, thank you for the goodness of God like we were doing today. Gratitude helps us appreciate what God is doing in the moment, what he has given us today. Rather than focusing about all the what-ifs in the future, it's about enjoying the presence and seeing God move in the presence. And in the context of this whole letter is that the Philippian church, who's actually doing pretty well, doing, doing way better than uh, Paul is at the moment, they, they have enough to send Paul some gifts. And we're not sure what that looks like, whether it was money or food or whatever he needed, but uh, Paul receives a gift from the Philippian church. And, and so Paul's writing back to say, hey, thanks for the gift, I really appreciate it. But he emphasizes in Philippians 4 verse 11, 
He says this, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content whatever I have. Philippians 4 verse 12, if we can bring that. Oh, you've got it up there. I know how to live on almost nothing and everything. I know how to, how to have little. I know what it is to have a lot. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. What Paul is saying here is that everything is a gift from God. Everything is a gift. And when you see that everything is a gift from God, you'll start to let it go a little bit more and hold everything in your life a little bit more with open hands. If you live in fear, what you'll do is you'll try and hold on to it as tight as you can, and you'll fear what might be or what might happen. But if you've got a heart of gratitude and a heart of going, God, I thank you for giving me this. As, as long as you've given me this, I'm going to do the best I can with what you've given me. I thank you for my family. I'm going to do the best I can to serve my family well. I thank you for giving me my finances or job or opportunities to minister to other people. I'll hold that before you as well as I can. I won't fear losing it. I will just do the best with what you've given me. That's the biblical stance. And underneath all of that is a sense that, God, I trust in you. I don't fear what others fear. I put my trust in the goodness of God. And then Paul goes on to say, this will be the result of this. If you do all of this, if you surrender to me, if you don't worry, if you, if you pray things through, if you have a heart of gratitude, here's what will happen. You'll be free from that fear of loss and peace will reign in your heart. Oh, what a blessing it is to live a life of peace. Oh, what a blessing it is for your mind and your heart to be at peace. Oh, what a blessing it is to have a positive outlook on life and to regain that energy that you thought you'd never regain because you're now free of those fears that held you back and you've stepped into that life, that freedom, that peace that God has for us. That's what we're talking about in this series. And one of the things that, that helped Paul come to this place of peace come to this place of freedom, come to this place where he, he, he held things openly before God, where he didn't live by fear, but he lived by trust, was knowing underneath all of this that God loved him, that God was there for him. And that's what we need to get a revelation of in our hearts today as well. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.